0: Talk Radio.
1: This is Saida Garrett, and I'm tuned in to Intro to Info with my girl Makisha. You're listening to Intro to Info with your host, Makisha from DC. That's me, open-minded, business-minded, spiritual, a little hood, and very nerdy and down to earth. And Queen of Hearts from Florida. She's so ladylike, family-oriented, quick-witted, and a real pillar in her community. On our platform, we discuss anything imaginable, but we talk a lot of pop culture, current events, and speak on our personal life experiences. We interview fantastic guests with unique stories, and Lord knows we just have organic fun. And check this out. If you want to join in on the fun, call in at 515-605-9376. We are live on Saturdays from 9 to 10 p.m. EST on the J. King Network. If you are an info for info, tune in to Intro to Info.
0: Love Talk Radio.
1: This is Saida Garrett, and I'm tuned in to Intro to Info with my girl, Makisha. You are listening to Intro to Info with your host, Makisha from D.C. That's me, open-minded, business-minded, spiritual, a little hood, and very nerdy, and down-to-earth. And Queen of Hearts from Florida, she's so ladylike, family-oriented, quick-witted, and a real pillar in her community. On our platform, we discuss anything imaginable, but we talk a lot of pop culture, current events, and speak on our personal life experiences. We interview fantastic guests with unique stories, and Lord knows we just have organic fun. And check this out. If you want to join in on the fun, call in at 515-605-9376. We are live on Saturdays from 9 to 10 p.m. EST on the J. King Network. If you are an info for info, tune in to Intro to Info. Hey, everybody, welcome to today's episode of Intro to Info. I'm your gracious host, Makeisha Best, broadcasting live from Washington, D.C., and I'm gracious for your listenership, whether you're listening live or via the Archive podcast. Yes, that's right. After every live show, you can listen to any of the shows that we've ever done in these past nine to ten years and uh, enjoy yourself. I will be joined shortly by Queen of Hearts and Tam, and I will be remiss if I don't shout out the network. So to the J. King Network, I would like to say thank you for giving me a chance to Mr. J. King. I want to shout out all of the shows on the network. You guys do a great job. And Mr. Lynn Tolliver Jr., who is our producer, and make sure all of this stuff on the back end is on the up and up. So y'all get excited, get excited. I'm very, very eager to interview our guest today because we have some commonalities. Her name is Erin Billings, and here's what she does. She's a consultant and project manager in the field of audiovisual production. She has gained expertise working in the music industry for over 10 years as a professional musician, music director, and producer working with artists from American Idol, The Voice, and other Grammy Award-winning musicians. Additionally, she creates blueprint strategies for churches, Helps people create podcasts, and she does one-on-one coaching. So I'm going to take her off mute. I'm going to say hello to Erin and thank her for spending this
2: hour with us tonight.
1: Hi, Erin. How are you?
2: Hey, Makisha. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for accepting my invitation. Um, so as I was reading your bio of this week, and trying to find a connection, there actually are several. The fact that you uh, you have a podcast, one, and that you train people, to, or t- help people to get started on podcasting, two, and then you're experiencing audio vi- uh, visual Because what I do for a living is, I, you know, TV and film is one of the majors at Howard, and that's where I um, head up the academic advising department. So I was like, wow, I can't oh. wait to talk to her. Yeah, so this, this is – thank you. This is pretty wonderful. I want you to begin – I want you to start with, with your – like how you got started in podcasting and and, and be uh, explanatory and how you can teach somebody to get started.
2: Well, so I started out in the music industry, and I toured for a number of years. And as I was on the road – and I also worked in church – so, you know, just, you know, building up my knowledge in AV, that kind of came with the territory of being on the road and working in church. And then in 2017, I got into a really bad car accident that should have killed me, um, and I had a traumatic brain injury. And I had to come off of the road. I had to stop performing. I had to stop playing in church. Um I I just had to stop with music because um, the the brain injury just kind of derailed um, that part of my life uh, for an extended period of time. And so I pivoted my business towards podcasting because I couldn't handle the moving headlights and the loud noise of being on stage. And so that car accident really like that was the pivotal moment where it you know I had to make some really fast decisions because you know you got to support yourself but um you know my love for music has not gone away I still work in music but um I've I've really grown to love podcasting <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah it's something that when when it first uh, came out, it grew in popularity very quickly, and and here we are now. And you see so many people with so many podcasts. I'm I'm proud of how far it's come now. Some people in my department say radio is dead, especially to mm-hmm. young like teens. But podcasting is is radio in its own way. So it, it's not dead. It's just it's just
2: navigated in my opinion. What, what do you say to that? I agree. I read a statistic a few weeks ago that the content creation business is going to hit $380 billion within the next 10 years. So start your, you know, social media, start your podcast, start your YouTube channel, get in on it now, because it's about to blow up. Um, Like you said, I, you know, radio, I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to say radio's dead. I just would say that it's pivoted, kind of like everything else in the world whenever COVID hit. Um, technology in general had to pivot because of the pandemic. And so um, I definitely think that podcasts, you know, I would say YouTube is a little bit more saturated, whereas podcasts are becoming the it thing. Um, and so... I just—that's why I always tell people: go ahead and do a podcast. It's there's there's no reason not to at this point.
1: That's so true. Um, Tamika has joined us, Tam. I'm gonna take you off of mute and um, say hi to your fans and say hi to us. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any
3: Good evening, party. No, we doing
1: good. We're good. We're doing good. Like like I was saying at the beginning of this show, Tam. Um, Aaron, who was our special guest today, has commonalities with me. So you know I'm in my zone right now. So you can just sit back, eat some popcorn, and chill because I'm going to be talking, okay? Interject <laughs> wherever you may, but we're about to have some fun. No, but um, Aaron, what I like um, to your point is, like, for example, the guy who heads up our network, Jay King, I like mm-hmm. when people have the discipline and the work ethic to blend all of it into one. So when he does his radio show. He he goes live on Facebook when Periscope was around. He was on Periscope and he broadcasted. I think from YouTube, so that he's catching so many people, uh, and, and that's audio or visual. I admire that because that's right. first of all that's a lot, okay, <laughs> and then secondly it's it's very creative and it's like you are your your reach is going to be so much larger than somebody who just chooses to do uh, just do podcasting or radio.
2: Oh, no, absolutely. And, I mean, I think it just widens your funnel. That's, that's what I teach people how to do. I teach people how to use a podcast as a funnel. And the podcast by itself is not going to get you business. You have to have multiple touches. Um, and so, you know, I think there's uh, – I, I once heard, and this is a music analogy, but um, it takes somebody seven times to listen to a song, to know it. And so I, I use that principle in podcasting. It takes somebody, you know, seven touches to really know, like, and trust you. And like that factor implement, like going into the brain of a buyer and, you know, trusting you enough to buy your product or your service. Mm-hmm. And that's the same of,
1: Thing for sales, it takes um, when somebody's trying to sell you something, it takes um, a potential consumer seven times to see it usually before they uh, buy it or even think of buying it. Seven is, dang, but that make, that I think that is uh, not so good. It make, kind of makes me think that us as a as a people, we don't catch on that quickly. <laughs> like,
2: but I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's catching on or if it's just building the trust factor because I know me. I've been burned in my career, and so, like, I want to make sure, like, if it's a high-ticket purchase, I want to make sure that, you know, not only is it going to be worth the money, but, like, do I trust the person? Does the person have integrity? Does their core values align with mine? You know, like, I take all of those things into account, and I I don't even know if that's untrusting. I think that's just maybe doing your due diligence. I don't know. -hmm.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. So, Erin, let me ask you um, as somebody who – because you have a podcast. It's with someone else. Am I correct?
2: I have two podcasts, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. I have one that is launching on Monday, and that is business-related. It's called the Magnetize Me Podcast, and we're talking about, like, mindset and strategy and um, kind of everything that goes into business, like, underneath the surface um, and so it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun I've, I've really enjoyed recording those episodes and then I have another podcast um, and that's kind of my hobby podcast it's called the touchy subjects podcast and that one is more stemming from me being a pastor's kid and growing up in church and there's a lot of things that we were taught growing up in church that um, I don't mess, that it just doesn't align with me or it doesn't align with culture. And so kind of deconstructing everything that I was taught and unpacking that and kind of seeing, you know, what fits in with what I believe now. Um and so that that podcast is a lot of fun because I piss off everybody.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. See, that little the rant that you just went on, I have a lot of questions right, right there. So let's do it. <laughs> what's one thing that you learned because you you was a PK? I'm a DK, a Deacon's kid. So let's like, what's <laughs> one thing that you were taught or with you were indoctrinated with um, coming up that you don't agree? One, two, just do two.
2: Uh, there's so much. <laughs> uh, where do I start? Um, I think one thing for me, I'm a straight white female, but I have so many homosexual friends that has been a huge thing in my deconstruction because I truly believe like I, am I still have my Christian faith intact, but I truly believe that God loves everyone. And I don't, I just, I just don't believe that God's going to send somebody to hell for being gay. Um, Like, that's something that I – watching some of my friends get treated poorly in the church, like, that that for me is just so disheartening. And you wonder why so many millennials are leaving the church. I think that the church as an institution needs to take a real hard look at themselves and, you know, see how they're treating people. That's – I think that's one huge thing. The other thing is – you know, I feel like the church, they they want control, and so something that, they, that, that my eyes have kind of been open to over the last six months has kind of been the other side of the coin of spirituality, so, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch TV shows that had witches in them as a child because that was witchcraft, and we don't want any spirits to come through the TV and all that, and... While I understand the, the premise of that thought, I don't, that aligns because, you know, I've had more experiences in the past six months um, with angels and going through like neuro-linguistic programming, which is a form of hypnosis to heal trauma. And, you know, I've seen things on the other side of that coin that the church would have never allowed. And. I don't understand why they they won't allow it other than they want control. Well, yeah, okay. So the first
1: part of what you just said about the treatment of homosexuals, I agree with 100%. And then the second part, um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with everything that you just said. Um, I'm, it's this thing called interfaith, Erin, where you uh, mm-hmm. adopt principles from different, faith, and you just, that's what you believe, because it's not, like, anybody who agrees with, in totality, anything, you're not thinking enough, in my opinion. So when you speak on, mm-hmm. um, like, witchcraft things like that, well, mine, um, I'm all into astrology, spirituality, like, chakra alignment, um, yeah. Buddhism, all of those things. Um, matter of fact, and I always say this, I who does it? I resonate more with Buddhist principles than, than Christian principles as a whole. I do. So, but great point.
2: No, I, you know, I, I did my first Reiki session like two months ago, and it was amazing. Um, and what's funny is I didn't even know that the girl that did it, like she's a acquaintance of mine, and she, I didn't realize it, but she was uh, clairvoyant. And the crazy part is my grandfather, who was a pastor, He decided to show up to my Reiki session, and he was quoting scriptures to me from beyond the grave. And I'm, like, sitting here laughing, literally laughing, because, you know, for my entire life, I've been told that psychics are bad, and they're evil, and they're of the devil. And then I, you know, meet this girl who, she does a Reiki session. She's clairvoyant. She's actually a Christian. And they're quoting scriptures to me. you know like it's it's just not what i what i've been taught and so it's it's just been very eye opening mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
1: so as far as you being a a pastor's kid what do your parents think of you now and your opinions
2: now <laughs> that's a loaded question <laughs> um you know my so my mom is the pastor Um, my so my grandfather was a pastor, my mom was a pastor. I I think I have counted there are about twenty six people within my family that are um either pastors or worship leaders or children's like somehow involved in church staff ministry. Um and a lot of them I I think deconstruction is a new word and so people are hating on it in the church. But I think, honestly, most Christians go through a deconstruction phase. I don't, I just don't think they know what the word is. Um, My mom, you know, whenever I first told her that I was deconstructing, um, she had a hard time. Like, I think she thought that I was an atheist. And I'm like, I'm not an atheist. I just don't Mm -hmm. believe the same way that you do. And... You know, there was a, like, I, it's not that I had to cut her off, nothing like that. But I, I just had to take some time away to really think through things for myself without having other people's voices in my head and opinions. And so I think once I, I kind of muted her for about a week, maybe it might've been 10 days, but I just, I just had to be like, mom, I can't talk to you, um, for about 10 days and I, I told her why and so you know it's not like I was being mean about it or anything I just was like I just need to clear my head and on the other side of that she seemed to be much better and so I don't know what happened in those 10 days but whatever it was it she since I took that little break from her I feel like she's become a little bit more open-minded. And so it, you know, I told you about the neuro linguistic programming hypnosis that I went through. It took me three months to tell my mother, but I went through that. Um, because I, it's not that I was afraid. It was more of, I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, you know, and honestly that, that, that hypnosis really made such a lasting impact on my life. Um, And so I just didn't want to take the good away from that by telling her. Um, Mm -hmm. But whenever I eventually did tell her, she was very supportive. So, you know, I feel like she's coming around. I think she's getting better with it. I told her about my friend that did the – Reiki, and that my grandfather showed up, and she, it didn't freak her out. So we're making progress. That's
1: what Destroy your relationship with her. Um, y'all had a phase. You had a moment where it had to come to pass. But um, um, it's better to just, just be honest with people because sometimes, and I know you know this, people will avoid the conversation altogether and would have hidden it from mom forever just to keep that relationship intact and not make waves. Um, But for you to just come to her um, in a real way, I think the bottom line is still there, which is the fact that you still are a believer. And life told me as long as the bottom line is met, who cares how you got to get to it? (laughs) So,
2: Um, Yeah. And I think maybe that's where she's gotten to with it. But, um, you know, I don't think I could ever just like go no contact with my mother. Um, To give you a little bit of backstory, I was kidnapped as a child um, (laughs) by my father, who is no longer in my life. She had to move me across the country when I was four years old to get me away from him because he kept trying to kill me. And so, you know, I, that trauma bond, I would say it's a healthy trauma bond, and so I could never just like completely ditch her um even if you know we don't agree on the same things i'm I'm definitely a agree to disagree kind of person unless you're hurting somebody um, and mm-hmm. she would never hurt me intentionally.
1: Uh, can I ask why your dad was doing I mean what what is that about
2: um so you know so my father he was working on the oil fields in Texas and he had an injury to his back and so he got addicted to narco- mixing narcotics and alcohol and so he was an addict and so my mom divorced him when i was 3 and, you know, she had city but he would have me on the weekends. Well, you know, he took me on a weekend, but he, like, he left the state, which was against the law, and didn't tell her where he was going. He did not bring me back in time. In fact, he was gone for, I believe, 10 days. That was the first time this happened. The judge gave him another chance, and then he did it again. But this time, he was headed towards the Mexico border. And so my mom prayed. Like, this is the true story. My mom prayed. She had her whole church praying. And that truck that he was driving, he was 15 miles from the border, and the truck broke down, and he had to call his mom to come get us and take us back. Otherwise, I truly believe that she would have never seen me again. I tell you, some of the people Look, truth
1: is stranger than fiction Life does not have anything on the movies You guys are listening to Intro to Info I'm your host, Makisha We're broadcasting live right here on Blog Talk Radio We're talking to Ms. Erin Billings Hope that you're having fun listening If you like what you hear, go to her official website I got it up right here, Erin let me, let me do this uh, <laughs> uh, EB Create dot com, right, Erin?
2: Yes, ma'am. That's it.
1: Yes, yeah, check her out. She's she's uh, really fantastic. I'm enjoying the candor and um, woo, these
2: stories. Okay,
1: so switching gears a little bit, I do want to know more about um, like how you like just the music industry and all that you did for American Idol and the, and and the famous people. Like, I want to know about those experiences. I, that's one of my favorite subjects, and it fascinates me. So. Just just talk.
3: <laughs>
2: okay, so how I got connected was, um, I went to this small Christian college that is really well known for TV music show singers. And I, like there, I, I could list you a whole list of people that attended Lee University. Like it's literally an artist farm. they have the most incredible singers um, and so the the reason that I have been connected to so many people that have been on like the t v shows is because we all went to school together mm-hmm. and so um it's that's kind of the funny part, like you know it's just being at the right place at the right time that's that's all the industry is is making connections and being at the right place at the right time and so You know, I met some of the people that I toured with uh, at Lee University. And then, you know, once I was out of school, they were like, please come on tour with me. Let's let's go on the road. And um, I literally went from being in school in December to moving in January to um, working full-time touring. And so while I was on the road, I would handle you know we would all handle merch we would all handle logistics we would handle um you know planning tours that kind of fun stuff you know you can only drive 10 hours at a time with um union bus drivers so we had to plan our hotel stops accordingly and you know our tour dates accordingly you know it was it was just a lot of there's a lot of things in there that most people wouldn't know and so i've i've done a lot of artist management and um that's something that I actually really enjoy more than being on stage, um, especially after my car accident. Now I, I like the business end of the music industry much more than I enjoy like being on stage anymore. Um, maybe it's just because I'm getting old. I don't know. But, um, you know, I'm a keyboard player. That's, uh, I, I can play everything, but I get paid the most to play keys. I'm also an arranger and a producer. And so, for example, I'm going, I leave to go on the road next week. Um, I orchestrated full orchestra for a, for, it was the, um, of course the name is going to evade me right now, the um, Gay Men's Chorus of South Florida. And so they're doing a huge concert at the Hard Rock Live next week, and their special guest is Deborah Cox. And so I arranged music for that. Um, and so I'm excited to be on down there to, to see them. And, um, you know, it, it's just always fun to see the music that's in your head come to life. And so I kind of enjoy being more behind the scenes these days. I'd rather be, you know, writing and producing than being up there or even touring because nobody likes to sleep on a bus for weeks on end.
1: I was going to ask you how you like that gypsy
2: lifestyle of touring overall. Everybody, that's so funny that you call me that. That's what all of my friends call me. They either call me a gypsy or a nomad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that it has its pros and its cons. Uh, One complaint that uh, some people who do the tour – is it's like you can you never feel like as soon as you get settled you got to go to the next city and familiarize yourself and this is like you got to go 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 and they didn't like that idea or doing that
2: yeah it was it was really hard on my body um i've had a lot of chronic health issues and um i mean i remember my first tour we were in california and I had to go get a blood transfusion while we were on the road. And, you know, there was a point where I was like, okay, so am I going to fly back to Nashville? You know, <laughs> um, can I finish out this tour? And I did. Once, once I got the blood transfusion, I was fine. And, but it was definitely, it took a lot out of me. Um, and I'm thankful for the experience for sure, but I think looking back, I'm I'm like, okay, so maybe that was my body telling me I need rest, and I wasn't listening to my body, and I was putting my body through hell, um, but when I came off the road, it was really different. It was like you had to shift your, your perspective because I was so used to waking up in a new city every day, and then you come off the road, and it's like, well, this is boring, mm-hmm. So, wow. yeah, it's it's different, um, but, you know, I, I, I guess I'm one of those people that believes that there's a season for everything, and the season of touring was great, and the season of coming off the road was great, too, and I think I learned things from both of those seasons.
1: And some people would appreciate the fact that you're able to travel on somebody else's dime and just see, you know, attractive for free and see um get the gratification of the live audience and people uh, people's adoration of you for you because you're up there with uh you know Deborah Cox for example who's fantastic by the way um like those those types of things are considered perks of touring or being in the uh, or being in the music industry so did you like any of those components or do you
2: oh yeah like i mean i've i've seen the world and like I, I think that's, I think that travel is the best education you can get, because you know I grew up in a very sheltered home, you know I told you my mom's a pastor, um, but you know I think the thing that I'm thankful for, I went to performing arts school from seventh through twelfth grade, and then you know I went to school for music, and so being in those environments. it it kind of it gives you culture but there's no greater culture than going out into the world outside of your comfort zone and learning and then on the other side of that i'm literally going on somebody else's dime. you know i've played on cruises and that was a lot of fun except i mean you get a little bit woozy and with the ship you know turns a little bit but you know we've done those american idol radio cruises and that was a lot of fun um you know, I've, I've got to see a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to see had I not gone down this path.
1: Oh, absolutely. And then Queen of Hearts joins us from Florida. Uh, hey, Queen, I'm taking you off mute. Thank you so much for being here. I miss you, girl.
0: Yeah, I miss y'all too. Hello, hello, everyone, and hello, our special guest. <laughs> hello.
1: Hi, Queen. Hey, so Queen is just joining us, but Tam has been here for a while. Tam, I told you I was going to kind of dominate the conversation. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna open the floor up to uh, you all at this house for any questions or comments that you may have. But Eric, I don't her the whole hour. Um,
3: so I I like a lot of what you said, um, and I, I do agree with um, the 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 spirituality. I think as you. I also grew up in a predominantly um, Christian stricken <laughs> environment, and um, it's just—it's just funny. Christianity, I think, as a whole, um, you know, it's—it's it's, the, the interpretation is left to oneself, and so you know, whatever your parents believe, that's what they expect you to believe, and then you you grow a conscience as you get older and then you realize okay well that may have worked for them but not not necessarily for me um mm-hmm. and um that's that's kind of where i am with it um i am a little more interested in about the clairvoyant experience um i'm a little a little new to that area um and um i mean so so how do you how do you find something like that I'm just curious.
2: So where I, okay, so I was in this business mastermind um, over, it it, it was like maybe late spring, early summer, um, and there was a lot of women from across the world that was a part of this business mastermind, and we were encouraged to practice on one another and a, a part of this business mastermind, you know, the coach, she is, in fact, the coach is my co-host on my new podcast. Um, but uh, so she, in, like, she wanted us to practice on one another and it, you know, she really encouraged spirituality to kind of help guide us as in, in our business journey. And so um, I met the the girl that I was telling you guys about, she's a Reiki practitioner and she's also clairvoyant. I met her through that business mastermind and she's a super sweet girl. Um, And there was, so I've, I've had a rough year um, mental health wise because of some business issues that I've had in the past. Um, And the coach was like, you know what, you need to talk to, This girl, I won't mention any names, but um, she was like, you need to talk to her, set up a session. She was like, maybe she can help you unblock yourself. And I was like, cool. So I set up a time to talk to her. And the first session that I had with her, we did some inner child stuff. And this was before I knew she was clairvoyant. Um, And so she just did a few grounding exercises, and I swear to you, all these grounding exercises always leave me in the woods somewhere or in a meadow or whatever, but I I know they want you to connect with Mother Earth. And so while, you know, keep in mind, I'm raised in the church, that's that's what I know, and I'm like, well, this is weird, but I'm going to go with it, and the first session I had with her was all about, like, inner child healing. Because I, I told Makisha um, earlier, you know, I've definitely been through some stuff, uh, trauma-wise, uh, given my parental situation. And so I was really struggling with that. And um, so we did that inner child thing. That was really cool. I didn't think anything of it. And then the second session that I had with her, it was the first time she did Reiki on me. And in that session... Uh, we were really focused on um, the lawsuit that I'm in, involved in. And she did this grounding exercise, and she, we, we cut the energetic cords. And that was the first time I had ever been through that. But I'm telling you, that was fire. That was amazing because once those energetic cords were cut from me and the person that I'm in the lawsuit with, Um, it was definitely like, I could feel the cut, the cords being cut and it was amazing because it, it's almost like the burden lifted. And I mean, we're doing this over zoom, (laughs) you know, so it's not like she's here with me. So it's, it's a really cool thing. And that was the first time that, um, my grandfather showed up. Um, and that was really cool because, my grandfather died when I was 4, and so she she said so somebody's here with us and she said he's really tall and he's balding and he's like uh lifting his toupee. And what she would never have known is that like that was a game that me and my grandfather played whenever I was, you know, a toddler, was I would lift his toupee off of his head and put it back down. And so that was his little tell of, okay, I'm here with you. And that was super special to me. Um, And so everything that he said really aligned, you know, it really aligned with the situation that I was in. And basically he was like, you need to forgive. You you need to let go. This is holding you back. The situation is, is draining you. You need to let go and surrender and forgive. And it was just funny because he was speaking scriptures that I'm sitting here like, well, this is weird. But um, I I since had a, that was the second session. The third session I had, he showed up again. Um, And that was actually me cutting the energetic cords from the church because of the church trauma that I've experienced. And so it's very interesting. Like the whole clairvoyance thing, like I've never, she's the first psychic that I've ever spoke to. So I'm like, well, this is new, but it's working. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say anything because it it works.
3: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Whew. As you were saying that, I was getting chills, especially when uh, as your grandfather revealed himself, and you said that she could not have known that because that's something that he and I used to do, and that that was ours. Um. I do want to speak on behalf of Reiki. I mean, me and Tam were laughing earlier about when I was an undergrad. Uh, one of our professors used to practice Reiki in the room with us. And I'm telling you, that stuff sent you in a trance. I almost had to get, it, get up out of there because it was just that powerful. <laughs> and she started lowering her voice, and she turned the lights out. And I was just like, hold on. Now. <laughs> like, it's just, it really does send you in um, certain things. And I encourage people, like, if you like people who suffer from like anxiety or depression or something I do encourage things like acupuncture um reiki or cuz there are things that can just mellow you out and they're all natural Chinese uh some of their things that they do um I'm telling you guys I'm Erin is she's, she she vouches for me and um yeah it was yeah, and, Queen, I'm glad that you joined us because Queen is very much a person who was into the church. But, Queen, one of the things that Erin was saying is that when she was coming up, so you know how we're indoctrinated while we're in the church and taught these things. Uh, but Erin says as she got older, she started to disagree with some of the things that were taught in church, but she's still a believer. And I wanted to kind of get your take on on that because she, Queen, you were very much, you know, you, sometimes you had to get me together and say, you know, you, you're doing a little too much, Christian girl. So, But I did. I want to get your thoughts on this here. Right. I was
0: being rooted in 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 Christianity. I want to argue so much of what my, you know, our minister would have said, but I know what my kids going to uh, when they was attending private school, I argue with, of the different people that they brought in there to teach them certain things because those kids are so young and they're very impressionable and they don't know. They're not that familiarized with what the scriptures are saying in the Bible. And for you to bring somebody from, um, and anyone that's in these religions, don't be offended, but you have one that's teaching Baptist religion, then next thing you know, you have somebody that's seven-day Adventist, then you have somebody else that come in there that's Jehovah Witness, you know what I'm saying? You're telling them all these different things, and thing they're sitting there looking like, oh, what? But that's not what the other person said, or, you know, it's too confusing. It's too confusing. Mm-hmm. And I said, if it's not biblically written, then what you feel that it means to you is not what God is saying. Say what he said and mean what he's saying, leave it like that. You know, but if you don't understand it, then go to the proper tools to break it down and explain it to you more than you being, you know, the ones that going in there saying, well, this is what it means to me or this is how I feel. No, I really don't want to hear how you feel. I want to hear what God is saying and what he wants right. us to do and what we've been instructed to do. So that's the point that I argue on. If it's not biblically written, then European don't mean nothing to me.
2: No, I, as I've deconstructed, um, you know, I have a lot of friends that are ex-pastors and they went to seminary. And so they go back to the, the canons they go back to the Greek and the Hebrew, and they yeah. study the scriptures in the Greek and the Hebrew, and so they tell you know they tell me well you know there's some stuff that was written in the margins that wasn't put in the King James version, and you know for me that kind of opened my eyes, um, because now I kind of view the writings of the Bible, and I know. This is definitely, it might be out in left field for some folks, but I kind of view it as more of a parable than, you know, taking it literally. Like, I I do believe in Jesus, and I, you know, I believe in his teachings, but I think I'm at this place where the political and social context that it was written in, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can get down with that. Um, I think there's biases you know, I think about women, and, you know, there was no place for women in that culture that, that these stories were written in. And now we're here in 2021, and women are being left out, like, my mom is a pastor in the Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee, and she cannot vote on anything because she's female. And that's just wrong. And so, you know, that that's kind of more where I have issues. It's it's leaving people out. It's doing harm to people. And that's, I have two rules, love your neighbor and do no harm.
1: Which is, uh, that's a Chinese uh, principle, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, do no harm. Um, but that's right. And, and I'm not here trying to, grandma and all y'all, I'm not here trying to promote, like, <laughs> Buddhism, but that's that's what they say. They say do no. One of the Aaron great do no harm to other people. Even if they hurt you, just do no harm because karma is real. Then the second part is I like the idea that they say um, don't cling to your feelings. Don't cling to stuff. Why? Because it might be it you might lose it or you will lose it, like inevitably. Like they the, the idea of like detaching. Like don't like it. I, it took a while for me to really adopt that one because. I love the idea of clinging and to having something for the rest of my life, but I see why they don't say it. It's a measure of protection, but yeah, um, in the in the church, yes, and even in the Bible, there's there's violence and uh, eye for eye, all of these things. Um, and I'm like, dang, but yeah, that's it does get to a point where you almost are afraid to say it, but it doesn't take away the my belief system as a Christian. But yeah, and the way that women were treated. In the Bible, even right now, why is there not enough men to go around? Like, this stuff to get really deep in and controversial. I see what you mean, Erin. So let me
2: just be quiet. And That's why my I named it Touchy Subjects. That's why I named the <laughs> podcast Touchy Subjects. It is touchy. I and I, what I tell you, I step on people's toes. Like, but the thing is, is that I'm, it's, I'm not here to expose the church. I'm here to get them to open their eyes that they are doing harm. And that is the problem. That is what I want. I, I know that I can't fix it, but if I can open the eyes of a pastor and let him see where how he is treating his people and his staff wrong, maybe if if he if his eyes are open to that, maybe he'll start treating them better and he'll stop hurting them.
1: And that's remember remember when we were younger, and people was you would ask somebody did they believe in God and they would say, oh, I'm more spiritual than religious. I always wondered what that meant, and it took a while to get it, but that's why I encourage people to have a personal, if you're a believer, a personal relationship with God because it's very different than the indoctrinations from church. Like, your Mm day-to-day with God, like, my prayers seem to be more effective when I'm just talking to him like I just talk as opposed to the formality of prayer. It's, It's very interesting. I'm like, that seems to have more potency than the, um our father who art in heaven hallowed be that name if i just say god i'm tired can i get a break like and then i get one it's like huh <laughs> that's interesting
2: I I, hope I, I'll make it- I I feel you on that because i feel like there are times that my prayers hit the ceiling and i feel like when i'm whenever they're hitting the ceiling it's almost as if when i'm doing it the way that I'm supposed to be doing it as opposed to the way that I should be doing because of what's in my heart. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is
1: this is really good, Erin. And you I just thank you for being honest about this because yeah, you some people are gonna listen and cringe. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. when when do you go on?
0: I mean, for her podcast, what days and and time are you on?
2: So, Touchy Subjects, like I said, that one is my hobby podcast. Um, I'm actually, I've got an episode that's going to come out next week on spirituality, and the lady who did my hypnosis, who speaks light language and she talks to angels, uh, she's going to be on that episode. That one's going to come out next week. So I don't really have a set publishing schedule for that because I literally do it as I have time. But uh, Mag- Magnetize Me will come out every Monday.
1: Yes, yes, too, mm-hmm. Queen. And both of those podcasts I'm very interested in. I wanted to uh, revisit something that you said about, mentioned earlier, rather, and that is with regard to entrepreneurs and mindset. I read a lot of books on entrepreneurship, and the, the beginning of most of them, is a chapter on mindset. I think that's so interesting because I'm reading this particular one called "When the Miracle Drops," and she's saying that when you have these ideas and you mention them to people, people are going to um, tell you it's not going to work. They're going to dissuade you, and you have to be steadfast and strong that it is going to work. So it's a lot of blocking out what, what you're told from the uh, people who just don't understand. Because a lot of people don't don't have the entrepreneurial mindset. They have that 9 to 5 um safety net, you know, get a job and, you know, mm-hmm. American dream mindset. So I'm really glad that you mentioned mindset in connection with entrepreneur entrepreneurship.
2: Yeah, mindset and, is I I think what I have been working on this entire year, that has been the biggest thing that I've had to overcome because as somebody who experienced narcissistic abuse, from their boss. It totally like I had imposter syndrome. And I'm sitting here thinking I'm like like nobody's going to pay me a high ticket price and my business coach was like, "Um, no. Let us cancel out what you just said and we're going to work on that mindset. You're you're coming from a place of scarcity." And she was like, "If if that that's wanted. your mindset, then that's what's going to manifest." And I didn't even know what manifest meant before working with I. Her name is I, the business coach that I work with. And so, you know, she really taught me a lot about, you know, our limiting beliefs. And I had a lot of limiting beliefs holding me back. And that I I truly believe believe that that stems from the narcissistic abuse.
1: Queen, I know you were going to say something.
2: Right, and see,
0: um, I recently went to a workshop um, this week, and they talked a lot about that as well, you know, the mindset, blocking out negativity, uh, spend time for yourself to repower your energy, um, you know, surround yourself with those who are on the same level, same mindset and just as driven as you. You know, what I mean, they pushed a lot of that at that um, workshop and I said, huh, you know, if you hear more than one person saying this, then it's time for you to start practicing this. Because a lot of us being as entrepreneurs, you put a thousand percent in your business. And your mindset is to, like everybody want to use the term now, go after that bag. But you're not thinking about your health. You're just thinking about the wealth. You know, we have to set time for ourselves and come up with the system and the method that's going to work that are always draining our bodies and our mind. Because if you're tired, you can't think straight, you can't work right, your health go down, and the list goes on and on. You have to think about all of this and put it into perspective. So I like how she mentioned mm-hmm. that and, and hearing that a lot in that workshop um, this
2: week right here. Yeah, it's. I think that mindset is definitely becoming one of those kind of foundational things for entrepreneurs. Um, I've been in like me and Makisha. We met in a Facebook group uh, for I think for podcasters. Uh, but you know, this back end of Facebook with all of these groups, you can find mindset coaches, and they are making bank. <laughs> you know, and they are all they're doing is teaching you how to un-f yourself essentially
1: yeah yep mm-hmm
2: yep which you
1: can do yourself i'm not trying to take business away from them but you can do it yourself. and self oh. and, you know okay
2: no i i know i i don't have a mindset coach but i'm just saying i I've, I've i've seen you know i do a lot of discovery calls with people who want to start podcasts Or people that want to monetize, they already have a podcast and they want to monetize it. And so I work with a wide variety of coaches, um, you know, from like generational trauma coaches to uh, marriage coaches and mindset coaches and, you know, just business strategists, all that kind of fun stuff. And so I see pretty much the entire gamut because they all come to me whenever they want to start a podcast.
1: I think that this kind of has explained itself, but, Erin, again, I do advise these college students who don't understand, in some cases, the value of network building and having a network and like-minded people around you. So somebody who's been in the field and they love, like, people in the music industry, can you talk to my babies about uh, the importance <laughs> of
2: networking? What do you do for her? I would not have the career that I have. Had I not networked in college, I'd like, so part of my business is I, I install production, AV gear, like LED walls, moving lights, uh, sound system, the whole thing. Like I have, that's one part of my company. And most of my clients are people that I went to school with, or I've gotten jobs through people that I went to school with. That's the craziest thing. So networking is so important. The other thing about it is, is having integrity, like having integrity in your friendships and in your relationships, because networking, it doesn't do you any good if people are talking trash about you. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, do the right thing, try to do right by people, and word will get around either way. If, if you're doing right by people, it will. You know, people will know you as the good person. If you're not doing right by people, trust me, folks talk, they gossip, it's a thing. And so, you know, that's that's one of the biggest things that I I talk to young people about is having integrity in everything that you do. Your image is important, especially like if you want to go into music in the music industry. Like, yeah, you can push the limits, but if if people find out that you aren't doing right, that affects your image and so mm-hmm. those are the two things uh integrity and image and and they really they work hand in hand and this this has been very fantastic
1: uh Aaron I want you to um just close out with whatever you think that our listeners should know I do want you to promote again your website and the services that you offer so maybe we can put some money in your pocket hopefully and then uh we'll close out the show. We down to the
2: last three minutes. Aaron, the floor is yours. Okay, so anybody out there, if you would like to start a podcast, I highly recommend getting a coach because seventy five percent of podcasts fail because they don't have accountability. They don't have the right education and they don't have the right content strategy. I think, I mean, and that's clearly my own opinion, but that, that is a real statistic. So if you want to have a free call with me, go to solo.to backslash EB creates. My link is on there. You can set up a free call and I will sit there. I will hear out what you want to do your podcast on. We'll, we'll talk about it. We will, uh, You know, I'll I'll kind of explain to you what it is that I do to help people. Or if you have a podcast and you would like to monetize it, if you're not making money for your podcast, then it is just a hobby. So, you know, you you put a lot of time into podcasting. This is not something you just do for fun and not make any money off of. Set up a time to call. I would love to talk to you about how I can help you with that. Um, Again, that link is solo.to Backslash Eb creates, and um, I look forward to hopefully hearing from somebody out there.
1: All right, well, phenomenal show, guys. Um, I want to thank you all again for your listenership. I thank you, Aaron, for being here, Tamika, Queen of Hearts. I I love you all so much, and just thank you for helping me to keep this thing going, uh, guys. We're here every Saturday, nine to ten PM Eastern Standard Time. Next week, we have a great book author coming on. And we filling up, the Queen has a lot of people that she wants to bring on, so we filling up the calendar. Uh, And He's telling me we're, we're down to our last 90 seconds. And I encourage, just as Erin said at the top of this show, as I said before, if you have something to say um, consistently, I implore you to start a podcast. It's the new thing, and it's scheduled to only get uh, more and more uh, successful. So start your own. And uh, have a good, productive week. Get the rest of the Christmas gifts together. Um, we out. Anything else, guys, before we go? Anything else?
2: Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Just all right, be well, safe.
0: Safety, 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 safe. Too many gun carriers, you know, using it the wrong way, <laughs> you know, and I'm tired of hearing about school shooting and the list goes on and on. So let's all stay prayed up and be safe. What she
3: said.
1: Tamika, you gonna hit us with the Howard University slogan before we go?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Enjoyed you so much today, and uh I look forward to hearing the uh, podcast. Yep, yeah, that's about it. You know. You know.
1: Good night, everybody. Thank you so much.
3: Bye.